Christmas is a time for joy, a time for celebration, a time for happiness, a time when we think how good God is to us. And uh, I'm sure many, many people here have had much joy already this morning for all sorts of reasons, and it's good to know that, and there'll be more joy as we spend time together later today. But I want to think just for a very few minutes about um, four joyful people, four happy people, four blessed people that we see in this passage in Luke chapter 1 that we've read a few moments ago. If you have your Bibles, doesn't matter if you don't, it's Luke chapter 1 from verse 39 to, uh, to round about verse uh, 45. And there are four blessed, joyful, happy individuals. Who are they? Two mothers and two sons. And let's look very briefly at each of them. First of all, there is Elizabeth. And uh, Elizabeth is the one who does most of the speaking, at least in the first part of this passage. She is the one who is full of, of expressed, exuberant joy. And we might ask the question, why is Elizabeth so happy? What is she rejoicing in? The obvious answer would be, well, of course, Elizabeth herself unexpectedly, as a much older person, is now expecting a baby and is six months or more into her pregnancy. And that was never really meant to happen. She had been barren and without giving birth for long, long years. That might have been the reason for her joy, but it wasn't. The real joy of Elizabeth is in knowing that Mary, the mother of Jesus, has come to her. She goes and she greets Mary and she says to her, Mary, you are blessed and the fruit of your womb is blessed. My blessing, my personal blessing, great though it is, happy family though we will be by God's goodness, that is far less than the joy I have in knowing what God is doing for you, Mary, and the fruit of your womb. That's Elizabeth. And then we go on to the unborn child in Elizabeth's womb, who of course is, is already John the Baptist. What happens? As soon as Elizabeth hears Mary arriving there in Judea, the babe in her womb gives her a leap of joy. Now, I'm sure many who have been mothers here will say, well, that kind of thing happens in the, in the third trimester. You know, babies kick, don't they? That kind of thing. It's just um, obstetrics, you know, that's the way it goes. Remember who wrote this gospel? Luke kind of knew his medical stuff, didn't he? And it wasn't just an ordinary kicking of an ordinary unborn child. This unborn child, John the Baptist, himself, like his mother, is filled with the Holy Spirit and is rejoicing that the mother of the Saviour, of the Lord Jesus, is there in that room, in the same room as he and his mother are in. It's a very timely reminder, is it not? Unborn children have a soul. Unborn children are real people. Unborn children already have their own, in one sense, independent existence. Although, of course, 
he is quite dependent on his mother in every physical way. But again, notice this. What is the reason for the leap of joy of the unborn John the Baptist? It's that Jesus, the Son of God, is there. His joy looks out to Jesus. You've probably seen that amazing painting by da Vinci of the Last Supper, where where Jesus is in the middle, and all the disciples and others are there gathering around, and they're all looking in, and the focus is all on Christ in the middle of that table. That's how it is for Elizabeth and for John the Baptist. John's joy already is the same joy as he will have as a mature man, when he will say, after his own ministry, my joy is now complete. I'm the friend of the bridegroom. I've waited for this day when the Lord Jesus would be revealed, and now he must increase. He must increase, and I must decrease, because my joy is in knowing Jesus. That's it. That's the second person. And then the third person, of course, is Mary. And Elizabeth says to Mary, Blessed are you among women. Why is she blessed among women? Why is she particularly blessed? Well, the answer is not difficult. Go right back to the beginning. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Go back to the first sin, to the fall of man. What happened then? Straight away, the Lord comes to Adam and to Eve, and he says to Eve that your seed, your offspring... A child, a male child coming from your own body will crush the head of the serpent. And all through human history, maybe every mother has been thinking from that time on, might it be me? Might it be me? Might I be the one who gives birth to the deliverer, the promised crusher of of the serpent's head? Eve thought it might be her, I think. She says, when Cain is born... With, with God's help, I've brought forth a man. Is he the promised seed? No, he's not, is he? But generations and centuries and millennia later, here is Mary, and she is the one who is told, you are the mother of the Messiah, the Christ, the Deliverer. You are the one whose son will bruise and crush the head of the serpent, even though... His own heel will be bruised. We, we will sing a little later on from Hark the Herald Angels sing these words. Come, desire of nations, come. Fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering seed. Bruise in us the serpent's head. And then that brings us fourthly to the fourth person here, who of course is the, the Lord Jesus himself. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now, when I put these thoughts together, I had great difficulty here, thinking, just how is the fruit of Mary's womb blessed? How is Jesus blessed? That's a big, big question, isn't it? It's so big, it's so massive, you fall over your feet trying to answer it. The fact that Jesus Christ is blessed is the very atmosphere that we breathe as Christians. But let me put it as simply as I can. What does it mean that Jesus is blessed? It means he is blessed by God and he is blessed by man. He's blessed from above and he's blessed from below. He's blessed as the Son of God. 
because the Father says of him, Here is my Son, my beloved one, with whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit, the Spirit's great work is to glorify and honor and point to the Son and say, This Jesus, the Son of God, is blessed, blessed above every other, every other person and above all angels. But then there's more to it than that, isn't there? He's blessed in that we bless, worship, and praise His name. We could think of all the names we could give, all the titles we could give to Jesus. Savior, Lord, King, Deliverer, Redeemer, Sacrifice, Great High Priest, Life, Hope. We run out of words that express how Jesus Christ is blessed in that we, his people, bless and praise and give thanks to and adore his name. Oh, come let us adore him, we've just sung. We adore him, that means that we bless him. We say that his name is higher than every other name. And this is the wonderful thing. The great blessing of Jesus Christ is that we receive every blessing in him if we trust in him. Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And this is the fifth and final blessing, very briefly indeed. We've come full circle. Because the blessing of Jesus Christ is a blessing poured out upon his people. He doesn't keep it to himself, selfishly. Like some child saying, this is my present, this is my box of Quality Street, this is my box of Chocolate Heroes, this is my game, this is my toy, you can't have it. No, no. He shares it out. He says, I'm blessed so that all my people will be blessed. And when we look at Elizabeth, when we look at John, when we look at Mary, we are one with them. And the song of Mary that she bursts into from verse 46 onwards is a song that we can all join in with, isn't it? Do you notice that? Her song does not begin by her saying, my soul magnifies the Lord because, because I and I alone am uniquely blessed rather than anybody else. There's an element of that. But the great theme of her praise is, my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. And God, my Saviour, is astonishingly, amazingly, none other than the child she is carrying. She is carrying God, her Saviour. That is the wonder, the miracle of Christmas and incarnation, that the hands that flung stars into space and formed the galaxies, and I've seen amazing pictures this week of friends putting pictures on Facebook of amazing galaxies, nebulae. God made these things. The Son of God made these things. And now, there he is, recently conceived, miraculously, in the womb of the Virgin. Why? That he might be, that he might be born, that he might live, that he might die, that he might rise again to deliver and redeem everyone who looks to him. That's why we celebrate. That's why we say thank you, God. This blessing is not just Elizabeth's blessing, or John's blessing, or Mary's blessing, or even Jesus' own 
selfish personal blessing. No, no, no. He spreads it. He sends it. He pours it out. He is our salvation. He is our joy. He is our light. If you know Jesus Christ, you're as happy as he is. You're as happy as he is. Do you understand that? As blessed as he is. A future as glorious as his is. Because he came into this world to give himself a sacrifice to bring us all to God, to be with him forever and forever.